Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ National, presented by Alison Balance and Veronica Maduna. Have a listen to this. That's the sound of humpback whales as they cruise through the ocean. And as we speak, Niwa marine ecologist Kim Getz is off on a research voyage to tune into their song and that of other whales and dolphins as they pass through New Zealand waters. More than half of the world's marine mammals travel past New Zealand, but we know little about them. Veronica catches up with Kim as she's getting ready to deploy acoustic moorings around Cook Strait and along the coast to eavesdrop on marine life in one of the noisiest underwater worlds. From these high-pitched clicks of dolphins to the low rumble of whale song, Kim Getz hopes to pick up sounds of several marine mammal species, including, possibly, even some that haven't been seen in New Zealand waters before. She also expects to get a better idea of how marine mammals cope in an increasingly noisy world. We're going to put out six acoustic moorings, and the neat thing about these recorders is that they're not only going to be recording all the vocalizations of the animals, but they're going to be able to record all the ambient soundscape. So Cook Strait is one of the most dynamic tidal cycles in the planet, and so it's quite noisy. And then also um, any sort of vessel traffic or seismic, any of that will be able to characterize the entire soundscape. It will be incredibly noisy. Yes, and that's just it. It is going to be a noisy area. Like I said, with the vessel traffic and oil and gas and different things like that, we'll be able to understand and quantify where the noise is coming from. Those acoustic sounds are good enough to distinguish between all of these possibly very loud things? Absolutely. And we're not only recording the low frequency for all the baleen whales and all the migratory whales, but we're recording all the way on the other end of the spectrum, so all the high frequency. So we'll be able to get any of the beaked whales, any dolphins and porpoise sounds as well. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that it would be possible to tease apart really noisy traffic, you know, ships and things like that moving through, then the tidal movement, the actual natural ecosystem sounds, and on top of that, whale song, dolphin clicks. Absolutely. That's what makes this a really fascinating study, and really it's never been done in this kind of capacity in this way in New Zealand. And for me it's really exciting as a biologist because, you know, when I moved here, one of the things that was absolutely amazing to me is that over half of the cetacean or whale species in the world come through New Zealand waters, and there's just such little known about their movement, um, their behavior, where they go, where they're migrating. And so this will answer some of those really basic questions. So talk me through some of those that come through here. We know about humpback whales Mm -hmm. going between Antarctica and Pacific Islands. 
What else would you expect to see or hear coming through? Yeah, so the blue whales as well. And, you know, there's many different populations of blue whales. There's the New Zealand blue whales, the Australian blue whales, Antarctic blue whales. And so there's all these different populations that people don't really understand what's going on, where the migratory route is. And so, you know, researchers, for example, in Australia are picking up on New Zealand blue whales all the time. The thing that will be interesting is to see if this Cook Strait region is sort of a dividing line. One population may be going through the strait and up the west coast, and some of them might be going along the east coast, and perhaps those are different populations, but we just don't know. Um, And this is a really unique canyon system, so there's not too many places in the world where you get these really deep water canyons coming right close to shore. One of them is in Monterey Bay, California, and they have done similar research and found so many different species utilize those areas because when the currents and things are are really high, they can um, concentrate food and krill and things like that that the whales eat. And so it becomes kind of this hot spot of lots of different species congregating there. So we expect that we're going to hear lots of um, beaked whale species too, which would be really exciting because there's just such little information on them. Not too many sightings either. So no. some species we may not even know. Absolutely. And so that's that's one of the, the really neat things about this is that we'll be able to hear them, right? But then we may not be able to tell exactly what species of beaked whales. Like there's enough known about beaked whales where you can identify it to a beaked whale. But when you get it to certain species, that's what gets challenging. And so one of the things that we'd really like to do as part of this project as it continues is to be able to do um, actual structured survey work as well on a ship so that we can record and document sightings when the instruments are in the water recording because that gives us power of being, okay, we saw that there, now we can link it to what's being heard and advance the field and knowing, okay, that's the sound that this species makes. Would you expect on the smaller end of the the size of marine mammals any dolphin species? Yep. It gets a little bit trickier with some of the higher frequency animals because, you know, as it gets higher frequency, the sound attenuates much faster, whereas you can hear a blue whale tens of kilometers. You know, you can hear a humpback whale eight to ten kilometers. When you get higher up there, you're talking less than a kilometer with these higher frequency animals. So they have to be pretty close to the instruments. So that's why we're a little bit limited on that front. But if it's there, we will definitely hear it, yeah. And the instruments themselves will be sitting on the ocean floor or will there be at a certain height? Yeah, they're moored. So the instruments are moored to the floor, but then they're up raised up a little bit, so they're not exactly attached to the floor. We have a couple different designs. When they're in really shallow water, so less than 250, they're actually going to be on a, a mooring plate, and so and then that'll be sitting down at the bottom, and the hydrophone that's recording the sound will be raised slightly above that to, to record all the different noise. And then the deep water ones that are going in the canyon, those are going to be in about a 1,000 meters of water, and so those will just be on a mooring, and those will be not too far off the floor, but um, these are going to be submerged moorings, so there's not going to be anything at the surface. It's kind of amazing to think that nothing like that's been done, given that the chances are there'll be lots and possibly entirely new things that we've never seen. Yeah, people have put out acoustic moorings before, but not in sort of this capacity. It's usually been very um, small-scale questions that they're asking are very specific, designed to a certain species. So, for example, blue whales, like they're listening to blue whales. But in the capacity that w- that we're doing it and that we're really interested in, as far as being able to determine migration routes and not only recording low-frequency animals, but the high-frequency animals, and then the ambient soundscape, that's what makes this project really different from the rest.
Are you focusing on um, whales and dolphins mostly, or would you expect other things that might be there? We are focusing mostly on cetaceans or the whales, both the baleen whales and the toothed whales. As far as pinnipeds, so seals and sea lions, if they're vocalizing underwater, we will detect them. We've recently heard that leopard seals from Antarctica are actually been seen and stranding in certain areas. So if they come through the region, that would be really neat to hear because they're very vocally unique. In Cook Strait, that's possibly the loudest part of any of the coastline around New Zealand. If there are whales migrating through there, would you expect to get some idea? There's a lot of discussion about the noisiness of the environment actually affecting the way they can communicate, the way they even choose their migration routes. Would that be one of the questions you might ask from the database? It's a really good question, and it, you're, you're absolutely right. It is a very, very noisy area, and there are a few other places in the world that are this noisy, and you do have the marine mammals, and somehow they have been able to you know, adapt to that. So we'll be able to actually quantify how loud it is which has never been done here. So that'll be really interesting. And then, you know, as far as other inputs from the noise, so vessel traffic, you know, increasing from, you know, ferries and fishing and, and oil and gas, um, that's, that's something we'll also be able to tell and quantify. And, um, yeah, it's a really interesting question. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, when you're at a, at a bar in a noisy, noisy area and suddenly you're trying to communicate with somebody across the room and as the noise gets louder, you have to get louder. And so that's kind of the same principle with marine mammals. If the environment is becoming increasingly loud, then they have to become louder. And so it gets to a point of how loud is too loud where they can't communicate. And that's a really interesting question a lot of people are asking. There's still so much work that needs to be done in that area. For you personally... What do you hope? What will be the most exciting thing? Would you like to discover a new species that hasn't been seen or answer those sort of questions about noisiness? Yeah. So me personally, I am super excited as from a biological standpoint because this just hasn't been an area that's been looked at. And I have seen data from other canyon systems, and it is incredible the amount of species that use these areas. So so for me, um, I'm really excited about the beaked whales just because so little is known about them. And New Zealand has lots of different species of beaked whales. I think it's about 13 species, and just nothing's known. So to be able to even hear them and know that they're in this area and they're using these areas, to me, is the most exciting part. And that was Kim Getz, a marine ecologist at Niwa. Many thanks, too, for the whale and dolphin sound files to JASCO Applied Sciences, who've also designed the acoustic monitoring gear Kim is deploying in Cook Strait.